stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live one too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theatre. You're really quite good. Quite a certain harmful habit. Stop it now, I'm leaving. I don't think he felt anything after Hello and welcome back. This is episode number 46 of Breaking Up with RBS. I'm Tawny Santabria. And I'm J.D.K. Winnikin here for another week, the 46th week the 46th. of debunking the junk. Yeah. Those stories that no longer serve us and stress us out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. Yeah, how's thank it fe- you. How's it feel to be back in the studio? Better? It it feels really good, and we're in this different studio, so that feels a little bit strange, too. We are. It's a little different, so yeah. mix things up a little bit. Uh-huh. This is where the air conditioning is, of course. Feels good. Because, believe it or not, those of you listening around the world, we've had, had a heat wave in the Pacific Northwest. That doesn't happen very often. Well, it was just here just for a hot second, because right. now we're cold again. <laughs> we're cold again, but yeah, hence why you got like a nice... Right. I feel like I'm in a parka of yeah. some sort, but it's working. <laughs> right. Well, welcome back in. Of course, you weren't here last week because you were mm. awaiting the arrival of your second grandchild, yes. and I know everybody who's listening is wondering how that went, and mm-hmm. you're obviously back here, so what does that mean? Well, that means that grandbaby it has arrived. Yay. Yes. Not long after our... Our show, actually. Yeah, actually, yeah. same same day, as a matter yeah, of fact, right? absolutely. Right. So all is well. Family is doing great. Baby is thriving. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. a big kid, wasn't he? Big kid. Nine, yeah. nine, nine pounds, 22 ounce. No, nine pounds, 22 inches. 22 inches. Yeah, so really long. Wow, yeah. stretching to the edge of the bassinet. Yes. Wow. <laughs> He'll be outgrowing things left and right yeah. in a minute. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, congratulations. So, Thank you. So with that in mind, last week we had talked about waiting. You were in the waiting game, and I, I could tell how on some level there was a lot of discomfort or impatience or whatever you wanted to call it. So we ended up talking about patience and waiting. Yeah. Now that baby boy is here, mm-hmm. um, looking back on what that was like waiting, Anything come to you? Like, did you, was there anything you quote unquote learned or was there, was it a reminder of anything that you think people would find interesting? Yeah, I don't know. I think that there are just certain things in our life that we have to wait for. We can't control, Mm -hmm. right? And, and obviously baby coming is, is one of those things typically. Right. Right. And so that, I guess, trust in the waiting Mm -hmm. um, is helpful. Right. Uh, but the waiting's uncomfortable. Yeah. Just by its very nature. Yeah. And then when the waiting's over, you know, uh, then there's this this wave of relief. So relief was the <sighs> big, is that the thing you felt the most? Yes. Yeah. Was relief. Yeah. That's good. Absolutely. That's good. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's probably always that you just want everything to go well and, you know, you yes. want your daughter to be okay and, mm-hmm. you know, delivery to be uncomplicated and yes. simple and yes. went pretty fast by the time it's really started. Yes, did go pretty fast. And that's what's so funny is like, it's not like the end, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so baby's here now. <laughs> and then if I wanted to worry about <laughs> right, or wait on something else mm-hmm. related to whatever might right. be that, you know, how's the first night going to go? How's the first week going to go? How's oh, this going to go? How's that going to go? Right? Like, there's probably a lot of things that we could, you know, worry about sure. and wait for. Wow, but if we do, we kind of take ourselves out of the joy of that moment. Exactly, yes. And then just replace it with the next thing to worry about. 
And and how often do we do that? Oh. All the time. All the time. But I do have a fun story that I want to share. Okay. Because. I like stories. Yes. Because, you know, as the grandparents, we had older brother spend the night with us who's 14 months. I know. It's really close in age. But whatever. Yeah. Bam, bam. They're going to get, you know, it. It, uh, <laughs> the they can pretty going. much do everything with <laughs> yeah. both boys at the same time. Uh-huh. Yep. Same t-ball team. Exactly. Same soccer school. Exactly. Cool. Yes. Yes. So, so, and he is a great sleeper. So he is known for sleeping all through the night at a really early age. He wow. just is a great sleeper. Um, and so at about uh, 10, 15 or so PM, he That wakes, night. That night. Yeah. He wakes up and he is just crying, sort of like like this, you know, snot bubbling cry. Oh man, the snot bubble crying. Yes, that's big time and crying. So I that and that is not like him. So I go in and pick him up, try to rock him back to sleep, and he's still kind of just like crying and and so just sit with him for a little bit, and then I, you know, after fifteen or twenty minutes, I put him down, and I go into another room in the house and I get a text. That baby has arrived. And I thought to myself, oh. wow, is this connection with mom? Is this? Wow. Right? Like in the wake of baby brothers ar- arriving on the planet here. And mom going through what mom, mom goes, goes through. Yeah. Right. He is awoken in a cry that is. Oh, man. I don't know. Was he tuned into mom? It's like the force. Yeah. <laughs> like he felt something in the force. Yeah. Yeah. And there are plenty yeah. of stories of stuff like that happening. So mm-hmm. pretty much right at the time that your daughter was giving birth to yes. his little brother. Right at the time. He woke up. Crying. So you, yeah. So yes. you put that together. Right. Wow. Yeah. And, and so getting that text and that baby brothers arrived and just experiencing it, it just was a little surreal. Yeah. And and really cool. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah, from a number of miles away. So it's not like the hospital's right around the corner, right? <laughs> nope, nope. So what do you what do you make of that? Or what do you, what is that what does that bring to mind for you? What does it remind you of? We talk about the power of the body that we mm-hmm. a lot of us don't realize its power and its connectivity and its knowledge and what it can bring in. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things we talk about the most. So yeah. with that story, what does that what did that bring up for you? Right. So it reminds me how much, you know, we, we know this and we talk about this all the time, how we are conditioned to live from the head, mm-hmm. right? Making sense out of everything or analyzing, evaluating, problem making, problem solving, all those things. Well, a 14 month old cannot do any of that. Mm-hmm. Their cognitive ability has not developed anywhere near that space, right? So it's all about the body mm-hmm. at 14 months. Yeah. There's no choice to get out of the body. Feeling, emotion, connectivity. There's no conditioning to get out of the body at that age. Mm-hmm. And so it just was a great reminder of how we are wired to be tuned in from a body space. And then we get conditioned out of that. We do. Yeah. So what we get conditioned towards is that when it comes to things like that, out of sight, mm-hmm. right, you can't do that anymore. Like, you know, he should, we get conditioned to the thing, like you have to see what's happening to respond to it, or you have to hear what's happening to respond to it. The idea of something happening like that, that transcends mm-hmm. space like that mm-hmm. without necessarily some sort of sen- sensory stimuli. 
that's all that's all head stuff that's all head knowledge that's all those yeah. things that's amazing mm-hmm. yeah well and you hear stories too about you know um how many times have we heard stories in the news of mothers waking up middle of the night you know their children somewhere far away or a partner somewhere far away knowing something has happened usually you only hear that when something bad's happened mm-hmm. but it's a real thing yes yeah yes and I guess the conditioning is we can treat that like, oh, coincidence or, oh, some strange mystery or there always has to be an explanation for it other than just simply maybe that's just how we're wired. We pick up on those things. Mm -hmm. And when we're in our head all the time because we've been conditioned to live from that space, then we cover up our possibility of experiencing those things too because Mm -hmm. we're just, the body's not open. The body has learned that, oh, the head runs the show. I better just tap this down, mm-hmm. right, and let the head do its thing. Mm-hmm. And and we can't connect like that from a headspace. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. And so, I mean, as adults, that's sort of what we're talking about is kind of rediscovering that innateness because that's the thing. Your grandson doesn't know he's wired that way. Mm-hmm. He just is. Mm-hmm. And there's no, <laughs> there's no distinction in his young mind yet mm-hmm. between what the mind is telling him and what the body is telling him. Um, so with me, for me as an adult, one of the things that's most interesting about this is that we have the opportunity as we learn and we, we build up the mind, we build up knowledge, we build up experience and our brains grow and integrate with our bodies. Think of what, if we incorporate back in Mm -hmm. all that body knowledge and awareness and connectivity, what becomes possible, Mm -hmm. different ways of viewing things, you know, and I, I know we've talked a little bit about this before. I've got very close connections in my life that when I really tune in from a body space, I can kind of sometimes pick up like, oh, I wonder if I should reach out to so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Something might be up. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, they maybe don't know this, but I'm right. Mm-hmm. I reach out and go, I, I just had this sense that yeah. maybe th- things are in a little bit of upheaval right now or maybe something really good is going on or something not so good. And almost every time, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know what? Hmm. You know, then I get accused of like stalking them on <laughs> social media. Like, no, you don't go too far. No, right, no, no. Right? Of course not. Yes. I just wonder. I just. I guess what I what I'm saying is, you know, the a willingness to listen to that when I'm in when I'm really connected in a body space to go. I'm going to take that message seriously. This person just popped into my mm-hmm. awareness. I'm going to go ahead and take that seriously and see what's there. Instead of trying to talk yourself out of it. Right. Right. Yeah. Dismissing it or downplaying it. Or saying, ah, that doesn't really make any sense or that's wishful thinking or, you know, having to have some sort of explanation that I can say A plus B equals C. Right. Like, why do we have to explain everything? Right. Why does it, we ha- why do we have to analyze and evaluate right. everything? Or give everything a proof or a formula on how you get there. This plus this plus this equals this. Right. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It reminds me of, did you ever see that? movie contact a bunch of years ago Jodie Foster where she oh yeah about yeah. about space and uh-huh. there's communication from outer space and, mm-hmm. all that. and and she's very much a scientist right mm-hmm. and everything is about provability and, and and Matthew McConaughey plays the the priest well former priest <laughs> who is all about in a lot of ways spirituality and connectivity and and she says everything's provable and blah 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 and he says to her in this moment you know he asks her did you love your father father passed away when she was young and she take you can see the reaction it's just like this seemingly out of nowhere 
And she says, yes, of course, I loved him very much. And he said, prove it. You know, <laughs> she kind of got, yeah. got stuck there, you know, and that's because a headspace cannot come in and fully explain. You can describe some things. It comes back to what we were talking about. The difference is between describing what it's like to swim in the ocean mm-hmm. and standing on the beach and trying to explain what that's like or actually swimming in the ocean, which you may not be able to convey in words. Mm-hmm. That's what it brings up for me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And, and, and that it's so limiting not being able to get into the body because then we, we, only can, we can only experience life from more of, a, of the headspace around provability. Like everything mm-hmm. has to be justified. Everything has to be proven. Everything has to be right or wrong or mm-hmm. in a category. Defended. Right? And so then we limit just capacity, our, our, our fullness, mm-hmm. to engage in life in ways that are more experiential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which then, if we do that, neglects and ignores a massive source of power, knowledge, direction, okayness. Mm-hmm. It's like taking the whole body out of the equation, mm-hmm. right? Pick some sort of metaphor. It's like of, of all the possible things, if you're going to build an engine, taking the body out, it's like taking away two-thirds of the engine and then trying to then wondering why the engine doesn't run very yes. well. Yes. That's the interesting part. And if And if you're wondering what you know, what proof the opposite way would be. I think about when I'm stressed out and just in the headspace, what ends up happening to me? My body is showing the effects of it. I don't sleep as well, can't fall asleep as well. Or alternately, I'm so lethargic I can't get out of bed or I'm struggling with that. I either eat too much or I don't eat at all. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. muscles get sore. I can't relax. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... You know, oftentimes when, when people say put something out of your mind, I honestly think what that actually does more often than not is we push that into our body. We just say, I'm just not going to think about this, but we just push into our body and it just stays stored there. Mm-hmm. And our body just goes, all right, well, I guess I'm going to shove this over here into the sore part of the back. Yep. And, and our bodies are actually telling us something with that, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are. Wanting us to listen. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. We want to start to see ourselves as full, whole yeah. beings mm-hmm. and working with all of our parts instead of having to dismiss and minimize certain parts because of the conditioning or the messages that we've heard about yeah. that part. Yeah. Right. Whether that part, the headspace, is more valued. Mm-hmm. You know, we start to have kids think really early. Mm-hmm. We want them to even heard this with parents sometimes like, you know, struggling with the terrible twos or the terrible threes. Right. Um, parents saying they're manipulate, manipulating me or they're being manipulative. The, the toddler. Yes. <laughs> I think I think there has to be some cognitive ability to really be manipulative. Mm and a two and a three-year-old or whatever, right, cannot, cannot think like that. We interpret it from an adult mind space right. as that. So then when that becomes the story, uh. then as parents, we might even fight against that, right? So then we're having a power struggle really early on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then if we have habitual power struggles, mm-hmm. right, so then that, that's all about conditioning that's happening really early on. So the terms we use 
the way that we explain things and the pressure that we put on kids to start to be able to think through things Mm -hmm. way too early. Right. So we're getting them in their head. Right. Really early. When really, you know, however many thousands of years human beings have been at this, there's probably a reason we start as we do in the body, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and call it what you will from a divine perspective and evolutionary perspective. We start there. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I think what a lot of the messaging has been is that that is the infantile stage, the basic stage, and that we grow into the more advanced stage when maybe what's more accurate, and I think this is actually more provable in the history of humanity, taken writ large, that's an important starting point Mm -hmm. that you cannot do all these other things without. You know, I think sometimes about when people are learning math, and I used to tell students that, you know, the basics of math are addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. That is not the definition, those four things of math, but you would have, you'd be really hard pressed to do most math without them. So that doesn't mean they're less important because they're not the most advanced part, like would be our mind space and our ability to make our mind work. But actually, you could make the argument, and I think it's more accurate. That's the more important starting place, and it's a starting place for a reason. And you don't just give it up at a certain point. Right. Oh, that's meaningless. Yeah, I don't have to divide and add. I don't need to work with that anymore. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. right. Yeah. You want to keep that working. Yeah. Right. And But we don't do that. Mm-hmm. We forget that that's a working part of ourselves. Yeah. And then we wonder why our bodies are hurting so much. Yeah. And then we wa- or we wonder, wonder why we have coping mechanisms that seemingly have negative effects on our body. Sleeplessness, anxiety, overeating, um, health problems of all kinds, chronic pain. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not to say that all the, the, the science around understanding those where they come from is, is not important and that, that knowledge about them isn't helpful. But I think the key piece that we often miss is that those things are wired into us and we can figure out how to access those fundamentals more and integrate them more mm-hmm. to our immediate benefit. Mm-hmm. Why we talk about the ventral vagal system all the time is like getting into that safety system just shows how much is possible to feel okay, full, whole at any given time. Yep. Because in a calm, safe space, mm-hmm. right, our decisions, what we choose to do next is probably more beneficial for ourselves and, and anyone else around us. Yeah. Yeah, if we understand, you know, what our body's telling us in a given moment and then what, when we connect that to our heads, mm-hmm. what comes out of our mind is different yes. oftentimes than what, than what comes out if we're just in that headspace and not, you know, not paying attention to what our body's telling us. Right, like we have a team. Mm-hmm. We want everybody to be playing together mm-hmm. <laughs> in our body yeah. as opposed to just one right. taking over mm-hmm. for the rest. You know, I think of how many times, you know, in a work environment, you know, personal environment, I've been sitting somewhere, maybe a part of a conversation, a part of a meeting. The times I ignored what my body was telling me, right? I was, I could have been irritated, uncomfortable, feel like I should have said something when I didn't. And when I walked out of there, you know, feeling really off and tense in my body rather than understanding that that had I been listening to my body the whole time, mm-hmm. connected to that. Now, maybe I still wouldn't say anything in a meeting, but I'm willing to bet I have better understanding, yep, I'm stressed out about this because of this, or I'm uncomfortable, I don't really need to do anything. Or maybe right now is not the time to say anything, maybe I'll wait till later. 
instead of feeling helpless and stuck, it's from an integrated position, it's so much easier to just be okay with whatever's happening. Even if the meeting was terrible, I don't have to carry all the weight of that with me. I used to do that a lot. Mm, yeah. And I'm just trying to think of examples that, that people listening could relate to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, one thing that always stands out for me is when um, folks, when we're, we're so easy to say like, yeah, no, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm fine. And um, instead of what's real, right? Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Isn't real. Mm-hmm. Right. That could be a cover for not being fine. Yeah. That could be, I don't know what I feel, so I'm fine. That could be, I want to avoid conflict, so I'm fine. That could be, but there's some kind of avoidance that's oh, yeah. happening underneath yeah. with that. Yeah, I don't say fine anymore for that mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm fine. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't mean anything. And and even like, no, it's all good. Uh, there, there's other words that we use too to sort of mean. Yeah. I don't want to dig deep. I don't really want to engage yeah. deeply. Um, I don't want to know what's in there. Mm-hmm. Right. Or there's this, you know, this idea about resiliency that if we just come at that from a, you know, solution oriented or everything's good, Buck up. not let every, anything bother me kind of thing, mm-hmm. that that's somehow resilient. And that's not actually true because if we're in a stressed out state because we keep having to do that yeah. over and over again, that's not resiliency. Yeah. Yeah. That's revving the engine too hot. Mm-hmm. That's stressing yourself out and probably leading to burnout. Yeah. Yeah, whereas what what would be resiliency would be, I guess, just more honesty with oneself. And then by extension, maybe if it's necessary, honest about what's actually happening. You know, instead of saying all good when something's really bothering you, saying something along the lines to maybe to yourself, something about that isn't sitting well. Not sure. Don't really want to respond to it until I've sat with it for a while. Yeah, and if... If we're not able to activate the ventral vagal, right? So everything's fine. We're good. You know, all all the things. And here I am resilient. I'm just going to press on. Mm-hmm. All the while then, the stress response is activated. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Even if you say you're fine. <laughs> right. True resiliency is being able to maneuver mm-hmm. the stress response in a way that is preferred by activating the ventral vagal system. Yeah. Right. That's true resiliency. Not just telling ourselves a particular thing and then trying to believe it, but all the while being in fight or flight. Right, yeah. Enduring doesn't make it make it resilient. <laughs> no, no. So we've got some different, so that messaging around resiliency yeah. is a little tricky. We've got to know what's going on in our body to truly be resilient. Yeah, that's true. You know, and it's, it's by listening to our body that we can, we can better know when we need rest. Mm-hmm. Better know when we need to be active. Better understand what foods we're putting into ourselves may not be helping us. You know, all those things. And in order to do that, one has to recognize that the body's not an afterthought. Right? It's it's not the packaging that your brain comes in, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just the outer shell. It's actually an integrated part of that. I mean, it's it's the embodied mind, right? Yeah, it's funny. I was in a meeting earlier today and there was a question that was like, oh, share a hack, share a business or life hack or yeah. something like that. And, and you know, folks were sharing all kinds of different things that were really great, like, um, you know, time blocking and kind mm-hmm. of knowing, you know, taking a pause and some of those things that are really great ones. And, and it came to my turn and I said, I have a bedtime. 
<laughs> and they looked at me like, what? And I said, yeah. I said, we all have a wake time, right? Mm-hmm. But why doesn't anybody have a bedtime? Yeah. I make sure I get the seven to eight. I, nothing gets in the way. Very little. Maybe a baby crying. Yes. Very little gets in the way of my bedtime. Mm-hmm. Because if I have my seven to eight hours, I'm going to be able to handle whatever comes up next day. Yeah. A key part of your resiliency is yes. is that refuel, that, that recharge, mm-hmm. that heal. So important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. And of course, they're finding out more and more in various studies from various directions that sleep is as important, maybe more, than exercise or proper diet. Yep. And in fact, that it might actually be the, the catalyst for better results of those other things. Absolutely. Exercise and mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that that's been true for me yeah. since I've been getting better sleep. So Since you have a bedtime? <laughs> Thanks to you. Yes. Remember how hard I fought that for? Oh, everybody like, fights oh. the bedtime. They just, it's like, it's like when I mention it to my clients, they just look at me like, but I want to go what bed. are you talking about? <laughs> I, know, I know. And yet I have a number of friends too who swear by their bedtimes yeah. and mm-hmm. they, they rock and roll. It's the best thing in the world, yeah. that bedtime. All right. Well, perfect place to end, right? Mm-hmm. Talking, about, talking about that. You started with a, a little baby boy waking up from bed and now we're talking about bedtimes. Yeah, that's good. So yes. awesome. All right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Welcome baby boy number two. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right. So one, thank you to all of you for joining us for this episode of Breaking Up With Our BS. Uh, if you're subscribing to this as a podcast, thank you. Leave us a subscription. Uh, subscription. Take a subscription. Leave us a comment. You can check us out at our uh, Facebook page uh, as well, our YouTube channel, Breaking Up With Our BS. And more to come next week. And until then, I am J.D.K. Winnikin. And I am Tawny Santabria. And watch out for that junk. See you next week. Oh, I do the live one too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theater. You're really quite good. Quite a certain harmful habit. Stop it now, I'm leaving. Yeah. I don't think he felt anything after the crash. Who's that guy, Yeah. I'm in my groove. Here we go. Break a friend. <laughs>